Trent 365. With Josh Howard. Hello, friend, and welcome to the Trenton 365 Show. I'm your host, Jacques Howard. You're listening over the stellar award-winning station, WIMG 1300, also over our website, WIMG1300.com, Facebook, and Twitter as well. The Trenton 365 Show has a Facebook page. Our website is Trenton365.com, and you're watching over WPHY Channel 25, covering Mercer County, New Jersey. Lots of information to get to you as usual here on the Trenton 365 show. And I've got Caitlin Fair, who is a, a returning guest and contributor to the program. And Caitlin's going to be talking about one of her newest initiatives. But without any further ado, Caitlin Fair, welcome back to the show. Hi, Jacques. Thank you. All right. So for the listening and viewing audience, uh, let's give them a refresher of who you are. And then let's jump right into your latest project. Sure. Um, so as you mentioned, my name is Caitlin. Um, I am a Trenton native and resident. Um, I've been in the city since I was a teenager. Um, and I currently reside in the city and work in the city. Um, do a lot of different things uh, professionally and just in my spare time, however much of that I have. Um, so I am I'm a spoken word artist, uh, writer, um, and a community organizer. I've done some uh, activism on a national and local level, um, particularly related to um, racial injustice and the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, I have a program that has been going on for, well, right now we're on hiatus, but had been going on for almost two years, um, Books and Breakfast, um, which we were doing on a monthly basis, um, where we distribute free books uh, that are culturally reflective and relevant to kids and adults in the community, as well as provide free breakfast on a monthly basis. Um, and that program will soon be returning, hopefully, once we uh, launch our new endeavor, um, which we'll talk about today. Um, so that's a little bit about what I do. Mm -hmm. All right. and that, that's fantastic. And please don't give off the appearances, though. You're shy because everyone knows <laughs> that you are absolutely not a I'm shepherd. an introvert, Jacques. I am. Okay, so so we're, so we're, so we're going to move on and and talk about some of the some of the things that, that you're doing. And again, I I met you you know several years ago um, through some of your activism work, some of your community organizing work, etc. So um, you mentioned that you came to Trenton as a teenager, and uh, just briefly touch on on why you came to Trenton, and then I want you to drill down and talk specifically about what you know about Trenton. Mm -hmm. So I came to Trenton uh, when I was 13, I moved here, um, and I moved in, I was previously living um, not far, about 10 minutes away across the bridge in Pennsylvania um, with my family, and I moved in with uh, my best friend when I was 13, and then lived with them, uh, her and her family up through college. Um, and I just developed a real strong affinity for the city um, when I was here. I really feel like it contributed significantly to who I am. And I always say, like, I feel like Trenton raised me. Um, so, you know, I feel a distinct obligation and duty to give back to the city. Um, I, I don't know if it was you I had this conversation with but, or someone else, but I, I was talking about how I think of the city like a person. Um, and how uh, I think of Trenton as like this person who has contributed very significantly to my life and that I owe them something in return. Um, and so that drives a lot of 
my commitment to doing positive things in the city, as well as seeing a lot of people who are from the town, who have a great deal of disdain for the town, but don't contribute anything to making the town better. Um, that also is pretty significant for me in wanting to not be one of those people. Um, so, you know, of course, Trenton has lots of shortcomings and flaws and has been through a great deal of uh, turmoil in, in many different facets. Um, but I think there's really a tremendous amount of um, of talent and resources and treasure in the city um, that we often kind of exploit and don't really um, support as much as I think we should um, and as much as we could. So I'm very committed to trying to um, empower and uplift those people and things in the city that I think are really unique and really special um, that deserve to get the attention and, and the um, praise you know that, that they've earned. Um, and rather than, you know, trying to dig down and, and condemn the city and condemn the people in the city, you know, I, I, that doesn't serve a purpose to me. I don't see a purpose in that. So I try not to waste a lot of my energy complaining and whining about everything that's wrong in the city, but really doing a tremendous amount of work trying to be what I would like to see in the city um, and, and really trying to create the changes that I think are needed in order for the people in the city to be healthy, happy, and whole. Mm -hmm. And that's great. I'm glad you said that. And I'd like to drill down a bit on the location that you lived. Um, there are some areas of Trenton that are more challenged than others. And one of those is the Wilbur section, um, which is ironically a block away from Trenton Central High School or the former Trenton Central High School and a couple of blocks away from the city's main police station. So it I have to question, well, why is this one of the areas that is the most challenged and depressed when you're in between the high school and the police station? Yeah, I um, that's one of my greatest frustrations, honestly. So I did. I grew up in, in Wilbur section on Garfield Avenue, um, and I currently still spend um, an exorbitant amount of time in Wilbur section. I live a couple blocks over from the limits of Wilbur section, um, but spend a majority of my time in the section. Um, and there really are zero resources in that part of the the community um, there are no community centers there are no activities there are no there are just no resources there are no businesses there's nothing I mean there's really nothing um, and that you know is evidenced by the state of that particular community um, and you know I get really frustrated at um, how much that community is looked at as like a blemish and a blight, but how little um, care and attention is paid to that part of the city and doing anything positive, um, except when, and I might get in trouble for saying this, but except when we want to have a press conference about all the violence in the community, um, because that looks really, really good to go into like one of the most challenged areas of the city and stand on a really, um, notoriously violent corner and give a press conference but never come back after that and never be there prior to that so I get really frustrated with um, the way that that community is exploited quite frankly um, but never invested in so um, myself and some other people have done um, 
you know, some work in that community. We've, you know, we have a community garden over there that we work on periodically. Um, right now it's the winter, so, you know, not a lot is going on with that. Um, but it was completely um, non-functional at one point. And uh, myself and a friend of mine got uh, several groups of people together over the course of um, about a year and cleaned some of it out and you know tried to bring it back to life and we're planning on trying to do some more work in that um, in that garden once the springtime comes and actually start planting some stuff and and having that available to the community um, you know we've uh, I assisted Sage Coalition in bringing Windows of Soul to uh, Walnut Avenue um, and just really trying to engage the community because they want to be engaged and they want to have things to do um, but quite frankly, you know, there just is very little opportunity for that community. Mm -hmm. and, and I'm glad you, you said that, that, that they want to be engaged. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of times, and I learned this um, uh, from my previous uh, pastor, Richard Gay, out of Central Baptist Church. Um, he, he, was, he was sharing about how it's easy to ride through a neighborhood or a community and look at a certain group of people, whoever they are, and point the figure and give them some some negative vibes or whatever and then realize that circumstances oftentimes beyond those persons control are what has them in that position and uh, just hearing you you know talk a little bit about the Wilbur, about Wilbur section and then the systemic problems I mean this is something that has been going on for many many years and I'll say generations now and uh, even the previous mayor he was from that neighborhood, but it could never seem to get corrected. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's also ironic that now there's environmental issues um, with this uh, part of Trenton, um, dealing with uh, flood water rain off mm -hmm. and drainage systems, et cetera, and then uh, other environmental issues with, with lead in the soil, et cetera. And these are all hot button topics at, at the forefront of what's happening culturally in the nation, but yet and still the city of Trenton, less than seven and a half square miles, we can't figure out how to how to get something situated with 15 blocks. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm looking forward to see how this is going to play out going forward. But I'm glad that you're using your voice and your platform to talk about this because I think it's it's important for us to realize that hey, if we don't do something, we can't expect some knight in shining armor to come in on a white horse and make sweeping changes and make everything all better. And uh, and I. I feel sorry for the people who think that mentally that is still possible. Those days are long gone. Um, you know, I'd like to, to talk a bit more about Wilbur Section um, because, again, Wilbur Section is bordered by State Route 33 and County Route Olden Avenue. Mm -hmm. Right along the, the transit rail, there, there's the transit centers there, etc. It's got great access in, out, and through Trenton are like main corridors. Mm -hmm. Why do you think the neighborhood <laughs> is in this condition and why hasn't it changed? I think there are a lot of reasons for that. Um, I think right now the biggest reason is um, political and economic. Um, I think that they have plans for that particular area, especially behind the train station, um, that would make it an unwise decision to invest any money in 
trying to rehabilitate that area right now. Um, I think that there are plans for that area um, down the line uh, to essentially uh, just completely redevelop it, um, just kind of wipe it all out and redevelop it into um, like a an area that's uh, attractive for commuters um, and to essentially drive all the people out who currently live there. And so it would be, quite frankly, stupid to invest any money um, in trying to redevelop it or rehabilitate it right now for the people who currently live there. Um, and so I think that's a big part of the reason right now um, why it's just being completely ignored. Um, like quite literally, like just ignored. Um, so I think right now that's probably the biggest reason. The way that it, the reason how, or the way that it got the way that it is, I'm not really, I don't, I'm not really sure. Um, you know, I, I really, I really don't know enough about the history prior. All I know is that when I was young, it was the same way. Um, what we did for fun was we would walk from Garfield Avenue all the way downtown and back. That was what we did for fun. We just walked um, because there was nothing to do. Um, so, you know, I'm not really certain how things became the way that they are, but I think that they stay that way because um, there are plans within the next five to ten years to just rip it all down and replace it with, white people friendly structures and communities and neighborhoods and kind of displace the people who are currently living there. Mm -hmm. Almost um, almost like ground zero for gentrification absolutely. in the next few years or so. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. right. Now, um, I, I wasn't going to go into discussing gentrification, but I think that it's important for us to do that since it came up. So gentrification, currently most people think about it as some big boogeyman or something like that. It's, it's horrible, it's bad. And I'm not saying that the word itself or what it means is wrong. What I think is the problem is when, like you, you mentioned, when you're going to displace a whole community for the sake of another community and there's no working efforts to develop this socially consciously, um, to develop it so that the people who are there who want to stay can stay. Um, what are your thoughts on gentrification? Um, I saw some graffiti in New York City once that said gentrification is neocolonialism. And I think that pretty, sum, pretty much sums up my feelings about gentrification in its purest form. Um, I don't condone it. I don't support it. I think it's awful. Um, but I think that we have yet to develop any real good ways of um, integrating, for lack of a better term, different communities into one another. Um, I think black people scare the kind of people that uh, gentrification tries to uh, bring into communities. And so it doesn't work to try and maintain both of those kinds of communities at once. Um, you know, and that's, that's how, you know, that's why we had redlining, right? Um, and that's probably a, a great deal of the reason why that community is the way that it is. I'm sure that if we went and looked at redlining maps that that probably played a part in it. Um, and I think that a lot of those same mindsets are still present today, but they're just no longer politi 
politically correct and we can't say them out loud. Um, and it's the same thing that happened, you know, with Nixon and Reagan and the war on drugs when, you know, we couldn't say that we were discriminating against black people because they were black. So we had to say it was because they were drug addicts or because they were criminals. Um, and so I think a lot of those same things still apply. I don't think we've, we've made as much progress, um, you know, with the general mindset of society as we think we have. I think we've just really buried it really, 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 really well. Um, you know, which is part of the reason why I'm very adamant about bringing people into communities like that and getting people to interact with one another because you cannot have you cannot have rehabilitation and redevelopment without engaging the community. And you cannot, um, all of this is based on fear, right? So, and, and from all directions, right? So people are afraid of what they don't know and what they don't understand. And if you've never been around, you know, people from an urban area, particularly minorities, right? Um, then that's something that's going to frighten you. And quite frankly, when I started coming around, when I started getting closer with some of the people in my neighborhood as an adult, um, I heard oftentimes that people were very distrustful of me when I first, because I'm white mm -hmm. and naturally they don't know a lot of white people. Um, their interactions with white people are very limited on an interpersonal level. And so when I started coming around, they were like, what the hell does this white girl want? Like, what, what is she doing here? What's her agenda? You know, what is she trying to do? Um, and so it was only through, you know, a consistent presence and a consistent interaction with people that I was able to get them to know me a little bit better and to get to know them a little bit better and to develop a mutual trust and a mutual relationship with people that I didn't. And a lot of that had to do too with people being able to vouch for me, right? So mm -hmm. I had people who mm -hmm. I knew from my youth who were like, oh yeah, like she from the hood, like I know her. Mm -hmm. um, and that helped a lot in breaking down those barriers in um, a much more efficient way and much more quickly than I might have been able to do so if I didn't have someone to vouch for me. Mm -hmm. um, but so for me, it's really important to bring people into communities that they might not otherwise have any reason to go to so that they can start interacting with people that they might not have any other reason to interact with because in my opinion, that's the only way to meaningfully and effectively start to break down some of those barriers and have the kinds of communities that were that are going to be really beneficial to our society. Mm -hmm. and, and that is the key. Um, that's how we build a better community. We've got to come to the table together. My points of view have to be as valid and as accepted yeah. as yours, regardless of the how, how the way I look, how I worship, if I worship or not. All those things are very important to building a better community for everyone. You know, and I also want to touch on, um, you know, we're speaking mainly predominantly black and white dealing with the Wilbur section, but this same model, this same ideal um, is flawed, especially in an environment like Trenton when it's estimated that 30% of the population is Latino Hispanic, mm -hmm. which very rarely is that even discussed. Mm -hmm. So. When we start thinking about, hey, how does the city, how is the city going to look 10 years from now, 15 years now, 20 years from now, it behooves us to start thinking about how complex is this environment going to be? Because not only um, are the Latino Hispanics, in most cases, 
varying in skin color, just like African Americans and Caucasians to some extent. But now you're talking about so many different countries mm -hmm. where that's a whole nother obstacle. And I see it played out even in my, my local neighborhood. I have Costa Ricans and Guatemalans and Dominicans, and they sort of kind of talk to each other, but they don't really talk to mm -hmm. each other. And then sometimes they don't like the Colombians or the, or the Guatemalans that are on the other end of the block. Mm -hmm. And and when I have meetings, I say, well, you guys all speak Spanish. I'm the only one who speaks English. Not only one, but you guys are coming to me. Yeah. It would probably be easier for you guys to talk to each other. Yeah. And those barriers are there as well. Mm -hmm. So as we progress and we think about, hey, what the, what is the city going to look like? What is the state and the country going to look like going forward? We have to start having these honest conversations and inviting everyone to the table mm -hmm. and not holding up anyone above anyone else, mm -hmm. but saying, hey, look, we all want the same thing. We want to have a better community. We all want shelter. We want love. We want recreation. We want safety. All those different things. So let's just kind of design what we want. And folks, that's one of the things that I'm pushing for. You know, I'm, I'm pretty out there and, and outspoken. And that's part of the reason why I, I invite such eclectic and diverse people onto the program. Because I think it's important for everyone to say, hey, look, this African-American man, light-skinned African-American man, is trying to bridge this gap and trying to make stuff happen so that we can kind of all get together and let's do it over a meal. Let's have some food and drinks and let's discuss some things. And I'm sure we're going to find out that, hey, you know, maybe you and I love the Sixers and a couple of our friends like the Knicks. Okay, well, we both like basketball. Let's make basketball the conversation, then, mm -hmm. you know what I mean, as we move on and move forward. Um, I also want to give a shout out to um, uh, Angeline Dean and Darren Freedom Green, who actually coordinated a redlining event here um, earlier this year, and they'll be bringing that back in 2017, where we can provide some information about what's going on. Because redlining not only deals with housing, we've also seen it here in Trenton with um, medical, with mm -hmm. hospitalization, yeah. yep. and the fact that you know um, Capital Health is, is has moved to Hopewell and and all those different things. But folks, I encourage you to look that up red lining just do an internet search and start looking at some of that information and looking at some of those maps and consider nationally where you grew up regardless of your ethnic background to pay attention to what those maps say about where you grew up and how the the federal government literally laid out specifically who was going to live where and why and the amenities etc that would be available or would not be available and it's still in existence today so that's one of our huge problems um, that we need to talk about going forward. You know, I want to swing back and talk about you as a community organizer. And uh, part of what you're doing, um, in, in, from my perspective, is exactly what a community organizer does. You are invested in the community where you live, where you're from, and you're bringing whatever knowledge and wisdom you've gained over your lifetime, and you want to share it, and you want to improve the neighborhood of where you're from. Mm -hmm. So I'd, I'd like for you to drill down on that quickly, mm -hmm. just being a community organizer, and then I'm going to tie it into what you had mentioned earlier about the people who have nothing positive to say about the community but aren't actively involved. Mm -hmm. So for me, I think the most important part of it is that I'm still actively a member of the community that I came from. So one of my biggest pet peeves and I mean, I, I do understand it, but at the same time, I get frustrated by it is people whose goal is to like make it out the hood, so to speak. Um, so this is the place that you're from and your entire goal for life is to make it out of this place. And that defines your level of success. And for me, that is the most 
fundamental way to keep the hood the hood right because if the goal is always to get out of this place then the only thing that you're leaving are the people who are still struggling to you know be successful whether that's you know monetarily or in their careers or whatever the case may be right so you're taking all of the resources and wealth out of a community and that's like the goal so what do you leave the community with um so for me it was really important when I became an adult to say, if I really love this community and I feel so strongly about it, then I need to put my money where my mouth is. And so I bought a house in Trenton um, and I live in Trenton and I want, there are certain things that I feel like I want and need in the community that I live in. So for example, I would love to have a yoga class. And there are no, there's one yoga studio in Trenton and it's downtown and it caters mostly to state workers and it doesn't fit into my schedule. And I also don't really feel comfortable there because I don't feel like I'm a part of that community um, because I'm not a state worker and it's not people from mm -hmm. my community who are there. Um, so I started reaching out to people and being like, hey, like, is this something that you're interested in? Would you want to try this? Is this something you ever thought about? Um, just about yoga, right? Like, is this something that you would want? And I heard so many responses, especially from men who said, this is something I've always wanted to try, but like, I'm kind of uncomfortable or like, I don't know where to go or it's too expensive. Right. And I have a full time job and, you know, I make a decent amount of money, but I can't afford to pay $60 a month to a yoga studio that I'm going to go to twice a week. I just can't. That's just not in my budget. Um, and I don't think that that's in most people's budgets in Trenton. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's something that people shouldn't have access to. I also don't want to drive to Princeton every time I want to go take a yoga class or a Pilates class. I would like to be able to do that in my own neighborhood. Um, so I just started thinking about things that I want and need in my own community and thinking, well, I can't be the only person who wants and needs these things. So if you want and need them, why don't you make them? And then I'm sure that there are other people who would be happy to have that, but who don't have the resources or the time or the energy to, or the vision to want to create those things, but would love to have those things in their community. So that's just what I decided to do because I live here and I want these things. So there've got to be other people who also want these things. So let's make these things because who else is going to do it? Yeah. So I, I, a couple of things you said, um, I, I understand the mentality of people saying, Hey, this is a, a tough situation or a bad situation where I grew up and I don't want this anymore. And I don't want it for my family. So there's this willingness and the desire to change the circumstances sure. and to get out. And I totally understand that and get that at the same time. I agree wholeheartedly with what you're saying. The fact that it's not where you're from, it's where you're at. Mm -hmm. And if, if I can see anything happening anywhere in the world that I think is cool, again, it behooves me to try to do that right where I am mm -hmm. because that is where I am, right? right? And uh, I also want to give a shout out. There are some yoga, yoga practitioners here in Trenton, mm -hmm. but as far as the yoga studio, you are correct. I mean, Christine Donahue downtown has her yoga st studio, Higher Power Yoga, mm -hmm. I believe it is. But then there's Mama Yoga. Um, John Scott is doing some yoga. And then also Tina Lamar with uh, Sheltered Yoga as well. So there, there are some things, semblances of things happening. But a yoga studio that's affordable for the gen general populace, especially people who are entertaining this for the first time or beginners, I do definitely think that there is a need and a lack of those opportunities here. So I'm willing to help you connect and, and get yeah, some of that happening sure. as well. We've got a couple minutes. Um, before we're up on a break, but I'd like for you to finish up this segment and talk a bit more about the, the people who have a condescending attitude or mentality about Trenton, whether they're from Trenton 
or they're just looking from across the street in, in Trammelton, <laughs> and uh, they've got nothing positive to, to say about Trent. Yeah, I don't acknowledge the people who look from the outside in because to me, you can't give um, any type of... If you're being solely critical and only condemning and looking from the outside in, then to me, you have nothing to offer. Um, if you're coming from the outside in and you have some great ideas and constructive feedback about things that you've seen before um, that you think would be great for the city, then that's cool. But if you're from the outside looking in and all you have is negative things, you have no business in this conversation at all um, because you're not, you know, who are you to talk? Um, so I don't acknowledge those people at all and I just don't waste my time with them engaging in those kinds of conversations or debates. As far as people from the city, I understand being frustrated with the town because I'm often frustrated with the town um, and I totally get that. Um, and for some people, they get stuck in that place. Um, so what I really try to do um, is acknowledge that frustration and then gently try to move people past that place of being stuck with the frustration um, because it's really easy to get stuck there on anything mm -hmm. right it's really easy to get stuck in the mire of frustration um, and I've I've been there before myself um, but the only way that we're going to be able to make any changes is to move past that place and to to um, you know get out of get out of that settling in that frustration and trying to do something so fantastic Caitlin Fair. Um, we'll be back after a very short break. You're listening and watching the Trenton 365 show. I'm your host, Jacques Howard. And welcome back to the Trenton 365 show. I'm your host, Jacques Howard. You can follow on Twitter at Trenton365 and the website, Trenton365.com. You can also follow us through Facebook, Trenton365 show. And you can send me an email, trenton365show at gmail.com. I love corresponding with the audience. And uh, folks who want to come into Trenton for a tour, have a great meal, meet some of my friends and some of the wonderful things that are happening here that you may not hear or see in traditional print media, just let me know. We'll set it up. You want to bring a small group, individuals, large group, bring your church down, any of those things, we can make it happen. In the studio with me is Caitlin Fair, a community organizer and contributor to the Trenton 365 show. She's here on a pretty regular basis. And 2017, she'll be here on an even more of a regular basis, sharing about what she's going to be doing. And uh, we're going to be talking shortly about her newest project, Be Well Studios. But uh, just before we get into that, I'd like to have some clarif give clarification to the term Trammelton. That is a merger of Trenton and Hamilton. Uh, oftentimes, and throughout my, my years here, I've had many people tell me about how horrible and how bad and all these negative things that are happening in Trenton. And then they say, well, I ask them, well, where do you live? And they say, oh, I live uh, on the other side of Chambers Street or I live on the other side of Liberty Street in Hamilton. Well, that's literally across the street. Um, last time I checked, usually bad things don't stop at a, at a street. And if they're so bad, more than likely your zip code isn't going to change that too, too much. Um, so uh, I, I had heard the term many years ago, Trammelton, and I thought it works out nicely. And again, I've got no bias against anyone who lives anywhere. Listen, I'd rather have you come in and let me show you what I'm seeing and what I'm feeling and what I've experienced and come hang out with me and meet some of my friends. 
and I'll gladly do the same for you so that way we can start breaking down some of these walls and these barriers and these false ivory towers and glass houses where people think, hey, oh, not me. No, yes, all of us. We're human beings, all of us, and we're all involved in this together. And I invite everyone to get involved in the game because the more people are playing, the better the game's going to be. So anyway, so back to Caitlin Fair. Um, Caitlin, I neglected to have you share your contact information. Can you do that, please? Yeah, um, I have most forms of social media, not all. I'm, well, I hate social media. It bothers my life. Um, but I do have a Facebook. It's Caitlin Fair. Um, I have Twitter and Instagram. They're both the same. It's barbed, B-A-R-B-D underscore wire, W-Y-R-E. Um, and we have uh, One Trenton Project, which is the... Uh, organization for lack of a better term um, that houses most of my projects um, has a website which is onetrend.weebly.com and you can see some of the stuff that we do and have done on that website. Mm -hmm. All right so um, let's get talking about Be Well Studios because um, you know earlier you sent me a link onto uh, this wonderful opportunity that you have and I'm excited because you're not starting a nonprofit, and nothing against nonprofits. But I think the last time I checked, I think Trenton's got like 1,200 nonprofits or something like that. And um, we can't economically sustain that many nonprofits in less than seven and a half square miles because who's going to pay the taxes? Who's going to pay for infrastructure and, and, and social services and support like police and fire if no one's paying taxes? So um, I love when, when people want to start businesses and they want to do it in a manner where they're going to be paying back into the coffers of the city. I think that's how we have to think about things going forward. So when you said that you're starting Be Well Studios, perked up, said, okay, but this is exciting. Why don't you tell us what Be Well Studios is and what it's going to be? Mm -hmm. So um, Be Well Studios is an initiative that uh, me and five other women from uh, Trenton started. Um, it started out, I've always, since I was really, really young, had this dream of opening a community center, and that has taken on many different shapes and, um, and visions, uh, but most recently, um, it has kind of blended itself with my passion for mental health, so professionally, I work in the field of mental health, um, and I have a great interest in, um, the access or lack of access to mental health and wellness resources in uh, marginalized communities. So um, I work uh, professionally for a youth partial care program where we work with uh, youth and adolescents who have access one mental health diagnoses um, and we do um, intensive group therapy with them. Um, and I am a big proponent of trauma-informed care. Um, so, which is essentially uh, mental health care and anything really, you can have trauma informed anything um, that focuses on the um, idea of experiencing trauma. And when you're talking about a city like Trenton, um, almost every person in the city of Trenton is a uh, survivor of trauma or living with complex trauma. So complex trauma means that you have experienced or are currently experiencing more than one trauma in your life. Um, and just by virtue of living in a community where you are surrounded by violence is considered a trauma. Um, so literally just by virtue of living in the city of Trenton, um, you are experiencing trauma, whether you um, understand it that way or not. Um, 
but a lot of the people, particularly the youth and the adults in the city, are experiencing additional traumas or have experienced additional traumas in their lives as well. Um, so for me, as far as I can see, um, there is very little to no access to effective um, alternative mental health resources and wellness resources in the immediate area that are accessible to people. Um, and even getting traditional mental health resources is extremely arduous. Um, you have to go through lots of different appointments and intakes and go from place to place and try to find a place that doesn't have a waiting list and try to get some place that accepts your insurance. If you don't have insurance, you have to try and find a place that, it, that doesn't need insurance. Um, and it can be extremely difficult to access the resources that you need. And oftentimes the resources that are available um, aren't necessarily fitting for everyone. Um, so I'm a huge proponent of alternative wellness um, endeavors as supports for traditional mental health um, treatment. Um, but there's, from my own personal research, no access to that or no availability of that in um, this particular city and in most uh, marginalized communities. So my desire was to create a space um, that promoted wholeness and healing and wellness um, in various different ways, shapes, and forms. Um, so through uh, physical practices like yoga and meditation and other fitness practices um, to things like creative healing, which is essentially using the arts as a method to cope with trauma and other um, experiences that you might be dealing with, emotional um, issues and stuff like that, um, to, um, you know, any really anything, Reiki, massage, um, anything that someone might benefit from as a way to cope with, um, you know, trauma and just promote wellness and healing in their lives. Um, and be around people who look like them and who are from their community, who they feel comfortable with, who they can relate to, and not therapists from Pennington and... Princeton and people who are not from their communities and are not necessarily affected or can really relate in a meaningful way to the things that they might ex be experiencing in their everyday lives. Um, so really wanting it to be a space where people from the community are um, helping other people from the community find healing and wholeness through alternative methods that they may not have tried before or may not even knew existed. Um, and just doing life together and try, you know, um, pursuing their, their healthiest and wholest selves together collectively. Mm -hmm. and, and I'd like for you to drill down on this because uh, I just want to make sure that, that people understand this, that you're not thinking in a separatist mentality. Um, there are a lot of resources and things that are already here, mm -hmm. such as opportunities for uh, uh, economics or the economy to develop from within. Mm -hmm which is what I think that you're getting getting towards. And as far as anyone coming in from outside communities, Princeton, Pennington, Bordentown, Hopewell, Ewing, Trenton, uh, Hamilton, Lawrence, et cetera, it's not that you're you're saying their resources and their, their talents aren't wanted or needed here. You're just saying, hey, let's look inward a little bit and try to provide some opportunities for the people who are here, by the people who are here, who want to connect. Um, is, is that what you're, you're saying? Absolutely. Um, you know, 
I'm not by any means trying to exclude anyone from the conversation or from the table. Um, but I do think that historically and traditionally we overlook the resources that are in front of us. Um, and I do have a problem with folks who come into communities with kind of a savior complex or a savior mentality, thinking that they're going to come, um, you know, do good to these poor people in this poor city and then go home and pat themselves on the back and collect a paycheck at the end of the day. Um, you know, anyone who, whose only investment in the city is a paycheck is problematic to me. Um, and, you know, I don't, I don't, that's, you know, I don't, I don't make any bones about that. Um, if, if that is your one investment in the city is that at the end of the day, your work here gets you paid and then you go home have no other interest beyond that that's problematic to me mm -hmm. um, and that's parasitic mm -hmm. and, and I'd like to actually drill down on that because that's something that you know through my time serving on multiple boards uh, here in, in Trenton I've uh, encountered bits and pieces of that um, where um, like you mentioned the, the savior mentality but it's also the wealth welfare mentality mm -hmm. where um, not only are the people who want someone to give them something but there's other people who are satisfied by that mentality of let me help those people mm -hmm. and look at what I'm doing for mm -hmm. those people and satisfying their conscience in some manner. But then they drift back off and they, they spend no money mm -hmm. in the city. They do nothing to develop the economy. And worse than that, more than likely, they're telling the horror stories mm -hmm. to the other people outside of the yes. community as opposed to being that beacon of light or the person or persons to go about and say, hey, look, no, there's some wonderful people in Trenton. I eat dinner there. I go to shows there. Um, I know these artists who live there and, and these small business leaders, et cetera, et cetera. But I often find that that positive image is rarely shared. Yeah. And um, that's a problem that I have. And, and folks, that, that's another issue that I'm trying to get across to everyone. Hey, look, if here's one of the examples that I always use. I always say, can someone tell me the last time a Caucasian was murdered in Trenton? And inevitably, people say, well, I don't know. Well, if your lifestyle dictates that you're involved with guns and violence and drugs and gangs and some other things, there's a really good chance that your life expectancy is going to be quite short. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think it's very rare for the, the scores of people who are Caucasian who come into Trenton daily to work for the state, for the county, and for, for the other businesses that are downtown, they're coming in and they're leaving. They're very rarely are they spending, spending anything to develop the economy, um, which is why I think that we have a, a, a huge issue. It's a systemic problem where the mentality is don't spend or supply any of your resources to that community. Take it back to your home and do uh, spend the money and so forth there. It makes absolutely no sense to me. And here's another point. If the capital city of New Jersey falls into disrepair or destruction or something like that, what does that really say about the state? Mm -hmm. Let that sink in and settle in and marinate with that. If the capital city isn't the beacon for the state, what does that really say about the rest of the state? Hmm. So um, let's get back to talking about um, Be Well Studios. I mean, and you mentioned that you always wanted to have a community center. And I'm sure that's just an extension of who you are as a person, as a community organizer. Probably um, the buzzword is community organizer, but this is just who you are. It's just like who I am. Like you're somebody who 
wants cool stuff to do and you want to do it with cool people and so on and so forth. And it just so happens that now we've got a term for it. But um, so this desire to want to have a community center, what do you, what, what's the date that you expect to have it up and running and functioning? And how do you think it's going to look or what are you, what's your plan of how it's going to look? Um, so January 1st is our move-in date and we're hoping to do some minimal programming in the month of January just as kind of, like to get our feet wet um, and then to have a pretty much full roster of programming running in February and do um, like a small uh, grand opening launch event um, in late February. Um, so we'll, we're planning on having um, a calendar of uh, workshops and, and uh, programs that are running on a weekly basis and a monthly basis. So um, we'll have like books and breakfast running on a monthly basis. We will have yoga running on hopefully, hopefully uh, twice a week on a weekly basis. Um, we will have an after school program that's meeting there um, five days a week. We'll have um, a meditation and fitness workshop that's running five days a week with a specialist that we have who's uh, volunteering his time to do some workshops for the community. Um, hopefully, uh, once the spring rolls around, we're hoping to involve an outdoor component where we will have a garden and maybe some chickens. We're keeping our fingers crossed for chickens. Um, and we'll be able to distribute fresh produce um, to community members and people who, you know, are involved with the center and also be able to do juicing and different kinds of things, um, do some culinary, um, you know, minimal culinary stuff, showing people how they can prepare different vegetables and stuff like that to make really great dishes. Um, and incorporate more, you know, produce into their diets um, because our diets are a big part of our problem in a community where every corner has a corner store and that's where a lot of people are getting at least two meals a day. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's hard to really have quality food in your diet, but it's not impossible and you can actually have your own even living in a city, you don't have to have a farm to grow your own food. Um, so showing people how they can grow their own food, even if it's just having a small herb garden in your kitchen windowsill. Um, you know, all those kinds of things that don't necessarily occur to people um, and, and might not seem logical for someone living in a city like Trenton, but it's totally doable um, and, you know, totally reasonable and affordable and all of those things. So you can make a hydroponic herb garden with old glue bottles, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? So, you know, just doing different things like that and learning from each other and teaching each other cool stuff and finding out ways to live a better lifestyle together. Mm -hmm. And that's part of this whole um, organic mentality of so many people here in Trenton that I, I just it just fuels me um, because you know I, I grew up you know in a pretty rural area of Ewing Township you know farming was a big thing and and uh, getting your hands in the soil and being outside and climbing trees and all that those dirty grungy things and and I know that a lot of those opportunities don't exist for a lot of young people here and not only for young people but there's people who've grown up here We've never experienced that. Mm -hmm. So the fact that there's programs like what you're you're talking about and other organizations like IELTS, et cetera, where teaching ur urban agriculture and gardening and so forth and opening up the opportunities for people to learn at whatever stage of life they're in mm -hmm. that, hey, no, you can do this. And I think that is what saddens me about 
a lot of things that take place in this region is that we're not a very progressive thinking group as a whole. I think there's, there's portions of people who are doing some things and paying attention to what's going on globally and they're trying to interject that here. But as a whole, I think that we're totally missing the opportunity to say, hey, look, we've got all these empty warehouses. Why don't we have a, a hydroponic um, growing center taking place here where we're growing fruits and vegetables all year round and they're being sold and distributed throughout the city of Trenton. I mean, we've got a great biking culture. How come we're not have, we don't have more pedicabs around as well, like a small business, like starting some things like that? And that's where my mindset is. Why are there no canoe rental places in the city of Trenton? So all of those things, folks, that's where I'm going with this. Like, if I can go up Route 1 four or five miles and rent a canoe, well, why can't I rent one right near the Battle Monument? Um, if, I, if I can go to Philadelphia and rent a bicycle and ride around all day, well, why can't I do the same thing here in Trenton? And I, I know that I've had these conversations, so this, this isn't something I'm just throwing out there and trying to hope that it sticks. Now, these are conversations that we're having, but it has to be a complete buy-in. Because if people follow me, they say, man, Jacques, you're all over the place. Yeah, because I'm trying to get some stuff done. Right. I can't just all drill down on doing this one right. thing. Yeah. So, I, and I'm, I'm talking to people globally saying, hey, man, come to Trenton. I'll gladly show you right. You stay at my house. I know mm -hmm. friends where you can stay. You want to implement something? You want to buy a block? and turn it into um, um, uh, um, Arabville, <laughs> I'm down. Let's get you here. Let's, let's get, I'll, I'll formulate the conversation with the administration and the other leaders who I know. That's the kind of progressive thinking that we need because this whole idea of going to the federal government, the state government, the county government with our hands out begging for things, it's just like that person you pursue all the time as a child, you know, that person who you have a romantic interest in. At some point, you got to say, look, they, they don't want nothing to do with me. Why am I doing this? Why am I subjecting myself to this? And I think the more people who realize that, hey, we can get a lot of this stuff done on our own. Mm -hmm. You know, especially when you're talking about a baseline space where Trenton is right now. I think that it can happen. So, Be Well Studios. What is that going to look like in your mind six months in, eight months in? Hopefully a place where people just feel comfortable to come and have community with each other. And my whole, I, I always settle on this phrase of doing life with each other, right? So just exploring new ways to to live better, healthier lives and try new things and um, enjoy the simple pleasures together. I think we get so caught up in um, trying to keep up with the Joneses that we overlook a lot of the awesome, wonderful, fun opportunities that we have right in front of each other. So I'm, I'm not a big partier, but I love to do things like, uh, watch movies and just kind of hang out. Right. So I envision it being a space where we can, you know, where we have a projector and we're just screening, you know, do the right thing on the wall and people are just kind of hanging out and, 
you know, eating popcorn and, and just chilling with each other and just having a good time. And it doesn't have to be, you know, a whole lot of craziness, but it's something fun to do um, that doesn't cost, right? That you don't have to scrape your pennies together to try and go have a big night on the town. You can just come and hang out with cool people and do cool things and just relax and, you know, do life together. Yeah. Um, and then have cool things that are beneficial to your health. Like you can come and take a yoga class. You can come and learn how to meditate. You can come come and learn about vegan cooking, you know, or whatever the case may be, do some creative healing projects, do, take a creative writing workshop, or do something that's enriching and good for you, um, that's also fun, and do it with people who are really cool, and that you would like to hang out with, and maybe meet some new people who are really cool that you would like to hang out with, and just have something to do. So I imagine it just being a place where people are just kind of buzzing around, doing cool things. Um, you know, maybe there's somebody in the corner who just came to color, you know, and they're, you know, just hanging out and coloring. And then somebody else is working on a project with Tania where they're learning how to sew and someone else is working on music with Valana. And then we have some type of workshop going on over here in this space. Um, but everyone is just present together um doing something productive and fun and just empowering and uplifting one another to be the best versions of you know each other that we can be i really like that saying doing life with caitlin fair <laughs> can, can, uh, is, is there any way that that i can um put that on you and say that when you come on that's what it, that's what we'll call it doing, doing life, life with, with caitlin, caitlin fair, fair. Sure. That sounds awesome to me. I can just see marketing that. But um, let's give a shout out to your partners on yeah. um, uh, Be Well Studios and share a little bit about them as well. Yeah. Oh, my God. They're incredible. I, like, am so obsessed with these women. Um, I feel so blessed that God connected me with them. And, you know, it took a long time and all the, you know, different things had to come together. But we finally have this awesome group. Um, Morgan Stroman, I actually went to high school with her. Um and she has this organization called the Watu Cultural Exchange, um, which is herself and some, um, some people uh, together, and they do an after-school program. Um, right now, it's, they just have girls, um, but I, I believe it's for um, girls and boys, where they do um, various different things. They do tutoring and um, different kinds of teaching. They really focus on... Um, uh, expanding the teaching that goes on in the school to cover more uh, culturally relevant things. So they do a lot with um, black history um, and uh, diverse education, so to speak. Um, they do field trips with the girls. They recently took them to the African American Museum in Harlem, I think. Um, and they just do really awesome things with them. Um, so she's uh, part of the crew. Um, Tania Grant Ballard, she has an awesome company called uh, Domestic Diva. And it is a uh, home goods line that she personally designs and creates by hand. So she does all um, custom throw pillows, wine glasses, all types of home decor. Um, and it's really, really cool. She has a line right now out um, that is dedicated to black women. Um, so it's a lot of throw pillows that, ha that feature different black women um, with quotes and different patterns and fabrics. It's really, really awesome. She's fantastic, really talented. Um, and she also does sewing classes with young women. 
Um, Valana Denise is a uh, music artist from Trenton who's incredibly, insanely talented. Um, she does, uh, I, I wouldn't even call what she does rap, but it's hip-hop. Um, and she also produces music, um, and she's extremely talented. Um, so she'll be doing... Um, work in the studio of her own individually with um, her own clients doing production and engineering. Um, she also does video production and some other stuff, but she'll also be working on creative writing and um, doing music production classes for people who attend um, the center. Um, Cara Alexander um, is uh, also a performing artist. She's a spoken word um, and uh, musical artist. Um, and she also does makeup. So she will be doing um, some cosmetology in the center. Um, she will also be leading the Urban Debutante program that we are going to be having, um, where she'll be working with young women on various different skill sets. Um, she'll be doing some creative writing workshops as well um, and some other really cool stuff. Um, and then Lacey Buck is our other partner who is also really awesome. She does a lot of our managerial side of stuff. She is the uh, organization behind the creativity. Um, so she does a lot of keeping us in line. Um, Good luck with that one. Yeah. Um, so we're great. We're so grateful for her because I think this would fall apart if it weren't for her organizational skills. Um, and she's really fantastic too and is really just um, the glue that like kind of holds the vision together and gets the, the details in place. So You always need an administrator of some yeah. sort. Yeah. Always yeah. regardless of what you, what you do. <laughs> and, and I'm looking for one. <laughs> All you got to do is check out the Blockspot, Trenton365.com uh, slash Blockspot. And, uh, yeah, you're looking for an administrator to come on through. So we're about ready to finish up here, Caitlin. Final words, 30 seconds or less. Um, I hope that whoever is listening to this comes and checks out our studio when we open up, comes to our grand opening event and sees what we have going on. I'm really excited about it, and I think it's going to be really awesome if for no other reason than I get to take yoga classes. Awesome. <laughs> and the location? Um, it's going to be in the Trenton Makes building right next to Trenton Social on South Broad Street. Oh, fantastic. The old conduit building. As always, Caitlin. Like it's 408. 408 yeah, you might, South Broad. Yeah. Um, you are always welcome. I can't wait to have you back on the show. Thank Thanks, you very Jack. much. Folks, you've been listening and watching the Trenton 365 Show with me, Jacques Howard. Send me an email, trenton365show at gmail.com. Check me out on the website, trenton365.com. Facebook as well, Trenton 365 Show. And we'll see you next week, folks. Take care. Have a wonderful holiday season.